Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm uh, starting a new series uh, called, called Monday Matters um, because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're going to clap. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited too. Um, uh, but it's called Monday Matters because Monday does matter. Um, a, a lot of what happens in, in church life um, is... Uh, a lot of what happens in church life, if for those of you who have been around church a lot, or any sort of religious institution for that matter, sometimes what tends to happen is there's a lot of weight on um, the, the people who do things for church, um, and what tends to be the concept or come, come across, it may not be the concept, but what tends to come across sometimes is that what is done during the week is not as important as what happens on a Sunday. Or say if a person is serving in church or they're on staff in a church, that somehow what they're doing is more holy than what one may be doing during the week. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, that's the concept sometimes that comes across. It's not actually meant to be the case. Um, it's not meant to be how it actually sits but that's why it's important for us to talk about it because while you spend most of your time out in the marketplace doing something right most of you do and if you're not in the marketplace you're 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 maybe you're at home maybe you're a a stay-at-home mother or, or something like that and and that is as important as a pastor's job or a priest's job or a person who is serving in a world-changing charity or anything like that. We, we tend to put this weight on something that's making a difference, but when you actually begin to read the Bible, we realize that we can make a difference right where we are in what we are doing. And, and a big part of our calling is to where we are. A lot of people think that, oh, God's got to call me into this new thing. And sometimes He does call us into new things, but a lot of the time, He's got us into a place where we are right now because He wants us to, 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 to know our calling in that specific location. Okay, God has called you to where you are right now. Um, obviously, we can make a choice to step outside of His calling, but wherever you are right now, whatever you have got your hand to right now, you can, you can be living out what God has called you to. And um, that's why we're going to spend the next five weeks on this subject, because we spend so much of our time at work and our jobs. And I think it's just important to actually get a good concept for the reason why we're doing what we're doing, if we don't know already. Today, I'm, the, the kind of the subtitle of my, of my message would be this, is work either work, worship or is it worshipped? Is work either worship, as in worship to God, or is it something that we worship? That's what I'm going to juxtapose together today. 
and we're going we're gonna to wrestle through this. But work can be one of either two things. It can be a means by which we serve God's desires for us and for this world. Okay? It's a means by which we can serve God's desires. We can give ourselves to God in order to serve Him. Or work can be a God or a false God, a little g-God, that we worship. What do I mean by that? Well, when you are giving yourself up for something over everything else, when that is the number one priority, and that is the main driving force of your world and main driving force by which you, you, you make all your decisions and everything, when you actually think about it and boil it back, it's more powerful in your world than God is. That means that it has become a false God in your life. It just got quiet in the room, but it's okay. You can turn to the person next to you and say, it's going to get better. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. You don't have to turn to the person next to you and say it, but I'm just trying to, you know. But here's, here's, here's what I want to say is, is that it's either worship or worshipped work. It can either end up in one of those two areas. And whether we're a housewife, I'm not a housewife. Thanks for laughing. Uh, whether we're a professional, doctor, lawyer, accountant, businessman, actor, musician, model, entrepreneur, maid, whatever it would be, wherever life has put us, wherever we have ended up, we can either be sitting in one or two things. It's either worship or it's worshipped. We'll find ourselves in either position. And you know what? Even pastors are susceptible to making worship out of their jobs or to worshipping their jobs. Even pastors, even pastors, even I, I have found, for me, personally, that I can easily put everything out, I can shelve every other priority in order for what I do as a job. And what I do as a job is this. I can, I can put everything, I can put my family on the altar, I can put my, my other things on the altar, my, I can put my marriage on the altar, I, and, and just focus all of my time and energy, and it's all focused around this single thing that must happen, because if it doesn't, then what, who, and, and who am I? And what does that mean about me? And all of these sort of questions start to rise. Even I am, as a pastor, susceptible to this that I'm talking about today. And as I, as I preach this to you, I'm very aware of that fact that I am not preaching to you as an expert. I am just preaching to you out of God's Word and one who hopefully can communicate God's Word to you so that we can all be living out God's desires for us. What do I mean about worshipping God through work? Well, our calling actually, and I'm going to read you a scripture about this later, is based around the greatest commandment in the Bible. Who knows what the greatest commandment in the Bible was? The greatest commandment in the Bible was basically this, is to love God and love people. I'll show you the scripture later, but this is in a nutshell what it is, to love God and to love people, right? A lot of people get hung up on, oh, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what I was born for. Well, according to the Bible, that's actually what you were born for. 
<laughs> love God and love people. And you'll find as you progress in your faith in following Jesus that it actually fulfills every desire. Those two things that you have is so fulfilling, it's amazing. That when you begin to understand what it means to love God, I mean, it's not just a matter of making a choice to love God, although it's part of it, it's also understanding the love that God has for you and how much He loves you, that even though we're sinners, even though we do things that have offended Him, He has made a way through His Son, Jesus, so that we could have life. He has made a way, even though we offended Him, He still bridged the gap for us because He loves us. When we understand how much He loves us, we begin to love Him back with a love that you can't just make up. You can't just make it. It's, it's, an, it's a boiling over. It's a, it, it, it leads on into a worship that, 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 uh, that is only on a person that has, has, has the feeling that they have finally been found, right? That's a different type of worship. And, and this is how we worship God in our workplaces, now, this is a challenge. This is a challenge. This is a challenge to all of us. How do we, in our workplaces, follow our calling that God has for us of loving God and loving people? Because there are moments where it's like, well, I hate people. <laughs> loving God part is all right, but, oh, man, the people part? Come on, God. You serious? Have you seen what these people do? They're so disrespectful, so this and that. You know what I mean. But, but, but it, it's either that or we go into worship of work mode where, it's, where, it's, where we sacrifice everything to obtain what work promises. And, and this is where people get confused about calling. Because they say, well, to live out my calling, to live out what God has for me, I've got to put it all on the line. Now, I'm not advocating that we be lazy and not work hard for that which whatever the you know the the whatever god has called whatever career god has called you into whatever whatever wherever you're going in life it's going to take a lot of hard work i'm not i'm not saying that okay but I, what i am saying is worship becomes sorry work becomes a small g god to us when we begin to sacrifice everything to obtain what work promises and what does work promise what does work promise well a few things this is why we end up bowing down to worship God, uh, the worship, I'm getting my words mixed up. This is why we end up bowing down and worshiping work rather than worshiping God. Is because, well, work offers things like status. Work offers things like fame, notoriety. Well, heck, it even, it even offers money. Now that you might find is a little bit of a powerful motivator. Who knows what I'm talking about? It offers achievement. It offers the praise of people, accolades, for the achievements of what you've done. It offers you the chance to prove yourself, right? And prove what you can do. And prove to the world who you really are, right? It offers position. It offers power. Is it any wonder that one would find themselves in a place where they have sacrificed their entire lives, everything for those things? 
They are pretty much the most powerful motivators in our lives. Who agrees with me? It's very easy to switch from work being worship to worshipping work. Very easy to switch between the two. Why? Why is it very easy? Well, the thing is, is all of these things I've listed, the fame, the notoriety, the status, the increased money, the achievements, the praise, the proving of oneself, the position, the power, these are the things that we derive our self-esteem from and our self-worth from. When there's something that is offering you these things, and this is what false gods do. They offer these things to you and say, if you just give your life up for this, I'm going to give you these. And we go, well, I'm in. All in. I got all my chips in on the table because this is what I want, actually. But the problem with false gods is they are false. <laughs> Although they offer it, they have no ability whatsoever to give it to you. And we get to the end of our lives and we go, I was duped. I've got this and I've got that and I'm driving this car and I had this thing and I did that thing and I, I was this and I was that and now look at me. I'm still empty. I'm still feeling the same as I felt when I was back then. It, it's all a big lie. <laughs> it all happens. It happens. It happens to us all. We get to this moment when, I mean, those moments where you've achieved something and you've gone, yay, I achieved it. But then the next day you're like, man, I just feel the same. Who knows what I'm talking about? We can spend our whole lives. The problem is what we tend to do as human beings is we, we say, oh, oh, that wasn't it. Well, oh, it must have been something else. And we are, okay, now it's the next goal. Now it's the next thing. Now it's the next thing. Now it's the next thing. And we, 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 we end up spending our lives thinking our calling is just for the next thing, hoping for, for that proof that we're worth something. Hoping, hoping for that proof that, we, that there is something that we are about, that, the meaning of who we are. It's a bit quiet in the room. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> so these sorts of things... Man, before we know it, we can be living, and we don't even, we may not even realize it, that we are actually living our lives as worship to work when it was never meant to be that. Work is worship. But work can never be worship until we ourselves are secure in who we are. Until we and ourselves are secure in what God has actually accomplished for us. Now, let me tell you something. This is not something that you can make a choice here and now and without God and say, yeah, well, yes, yes, work is worship. I need to make sure that work is worship. And, uh, and, because it's not as simple as that. There's, some, there's a foundation that God wants to lay into your world and help you to understand, if you don't already understand it, 
that will give you the sort of security that when the praises come, when the accolades come, when the achievements happen, and all of these things are good things, that it won't, it won't, it won't set you off course from what God has called you to do. Because, you know, it's, it's one thing to have the achievements one year where you're having a good year. And, and who knows that, you know, econo econ econ economies, you know, things, the, the way everything goes in cycles, right? So sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down, okay? Sometimes it's really up and sometimes it's really down. Now, if you're deriving your self-worth and your self-esteem from your work, well, guess what? When things are up, you're going to be up. Okay? And when things are down, who's going to be down? Right? So we end up, we end up living our lives up and down. What God wants for you is you to be stable. Through it all. Through the, through the mountains, good. I'm in God. He's got me. And through the valleys, I'm good. I'm in God. He's got me. That's where God wants you. Work can't work and, and achievement and all of these, it cannot give you that kind of security. I'm sorry. It offers it, but it cannot. It doesn't matter how much money you've even got in the bank account. You still, you can test me on it if you like. Keep filling it up. You'll get to the point, you're like, I'm still, <laughs> my self-worth, I don't know. It's just, it's not doing it for me because it's a false God. It offers it, but it can never deliver it. Only God can deliver these things. So, so work can only become worship when we begin, begin to understand that we need to derive our security from God. Now, I want to show you a scripture that talks about this in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 31 to 39. Got so much to get through in this series. I just can't wait. You're going to be blessed. Make sure you come for all of it. And uh, guys, if, if you're still discovering your your, who you are in Christ and what God has for you and, and who this God is all about. And if this is like touching on some things for you and you've never been in this kind of environment for you, uh, you know, what, what I would advise is that you come along to the journey. It starts this, this today. It starts after church, 30 minutes after church. What the journey is going to help you to understand is who God is, what He's bringing you out of, the freedom that He's bringing you into, the kind of gifts that you've got, and who, how he wants to actually give you the security I'm talking about and how it all works. You can join it every, any week. Like if you can't make today, you can do week two next week. We'll, you, we, it doesn't matter. Just come along and, and get along to the journey series. Let's read this chapter 8 of Romans, uh, verse 37. Here we go. Oh, no. 31. Sorry, read the wrong scripture. What then? Shall we stay, say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We can just leave it there and go home. Just think about that. If God is for us, who can be against us? Whether things are up or down, doesn't matter if God's for you. But the problem is a lot of people don't think that God is for them. They come into the valleys and they go, Oh, what did I do to God that he's put me in this place? What did I do as if your performance is what God is looking for? It's not your performance that God is, God is happy with. It's the performance of Jesus. And the way we access God is through Jesus. Right? God is always for you. Because it's all finished on the cross. 
That's what Easter is about. He made the penance for you. He did it for you. He's for you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? I want to ask you a question. Do you know whether or not you're chosen? Do you know whether or not God has actually chosen you? If you can't answer that question, if you're like, oh, I don't know, you need to do the journey. Because you're going to find out that He has chosen you. You just don't know how and you don't know the reason and you don't know what's gone on before you were born. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ, Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You know what that word means? Interceding. It's a big word. I challenge you to, to use it this week in your professional life. Just, just throw it in there. People will think you're really smart. I'm interceding. What are you doing on that calculator? What are you doing on that Facebook? I'm just interceding. <laughs> Basically, we should use words with, you know, like big words like that all the time. It'll just make us look smart. <laughs> interceding means that, you, that He's praying for us. You know that? Jesus is praying for you. I don't know if you know this. He's on your behalf. He's working in heaven on your behalf. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death daily all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than... Come on, you need it. Some of you need a... You need a you know, I get a lot of people ask me, oh, pastor, pray for me, pastor, pray for me. I don't mind praying for people, but listen to me. I'll tell you a secret. You're already more than a conqueror, not because of my prayers, because of what he's done for you. And a lot of the time, people just don't realize that they can claim it for themselves. That's why we all have the Bible, right? Not just me. I don't, I'm not the only one who owns one of these little books over here. Hmm. No, in all of these things, we are more than, I want you to say it again. I want you to say it like you mean it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get this right. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> no, in all of these things, we are more than. That's it, you guys. Through Him who loved us. Not through you. Not through everything you do that's amazing because there are points in our lives I've found for myself that, are, that I'm just not amazing. In fact, I'm the exact opposite. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, give God a big clap. <laughs> now that's the kind of security that you need. 
That's the kind of security that I'm talking about when I talk about security. Not the security that comes from within and all of these sorts of things that all sorts of people want to... It doesn't come from within, it comes from Him. I said, it doesn't come from within, it comes from Him. You need to reach out, not reach in. I find that when I reach in, I find all sorts of things I don't want to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, it's a joke, it's funny. You know, when, we, when this soaks in, when th- and there's tons of scriptures like this, when you begin to understand what this actually means in the Bible, and when you begin to know the Bible, that's why you need to be in a connect group, because we study the Bible, when you, when you, and when we, well, you need to be reading the Bible every day. Thanks for clapping, Evelyn, that's good. When, when these things begin to soak in, we begin to derive our self-esteem and our self-worth from who? So matter, no, no matter how high things are now, no matter how low things are, whether things are good or bad, and this is the challenge of life, that, that when the things are, are go up, we turn to Him. When the things are down, we turn to Him. And we have to make a choice. It's so easy to turn to everything else, to turn for com- to comfort, to turn to the, all sorts of different things. But, but, but ultimately, when we remember, I need to go back to God. We find security, we find hope, we find freedom. We find that we are proven. You can put that up. Proven. And we're also secure. That no matter what happens, because we're in Him, no matter what happens at work, no matter who's talking about you behind your back, no matter what power game's going on, and what, no matter what that person has, has trying to make out about your reputation and about what you can do and what you can't do so that they can get in front of you and all of those, no matter what goes on, you are secure. Because you know whose you are. Work can only be worshipped. when we realize the truth of what I'm talking about. And it needs to be something I think we meditate on every single day. (coughs) Because the switch will happen really quickly when we're insecure about our self-worth and insecure about our self-esteem. And we can easily go for the low-lying fruit of work and all the things it offers. And before we know it, we're eating from a tree that is actually destructive for us and it only brings about a lie. It's only God who can give you the kind of security that you need in order for work to be worshipped. So how is work worship? Well, in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40, It says this, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, the Bible, and the prophets, which is also the Bible, Hang on these two commandments. 
What's my calling? Well, it starts here. It starts here. In fact, when it comes to work, I don't know what the percentage of time is. Okay, so it's about 75% of our week, the mathematicians in the room, would be spent on work, right? Of our wake time. A lot, a lot, a lot. How could we ever separate that much time out of the things of God? I, I mean, like, it's like, that's a lot of time. That means we're going to spend most of our lives at work. And if, and if this doesn't matter, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and then loving your neighbor as yourself, if this doesn't matter at work, then I don't think it matters at all. Like for 15% of your life. Well, you can't do that with God. I'm sorry. I, I wish we could, but we just cannot. He gets in everywhere. And it's for the best for us. It helps us. It changes us. And we've, we've prayed that prayer, right? God, change me. I want to change. And he's like, okay, well, I'm changing you. Just read the word and get to know what's going on here. But here's the cool thing about this. No matter where you are at in life, no matter what position you're in right now, this changes everything when we begin to realize that you have been placed in your position to love God and love people. No matter what the task is, no matter how menial, whether you're a janitor or a CEO of a company or a brain surgeon or whatever, when you begin to realize that your job is about loving God and loving people, you can find fulfillment in anything you do. And this, I've told this story before, but, you know, um, <clears throat> this, this, oh, where's my bag? Can you get, Bob, get there? I meant to have a book, there's a book in my bag. I want to read a chapter from, from there. Um, Bub is my wife, Rachel. Bub. Um, uh, when, when, uh, when, when we had Elijah, my, my eight-year-old son, eight years ago, um, uh, I used to run an air conditioning business back in Australia. Uh, it wasn't a, a huge operation. It was a little business that I had. But we were doing commercial refrigeration and air conditioning. And um, there was a particular contract I had to install um, a bunch of air conditioning and a whole new... There was a hospital that was getting refitted out, and I, I, I won the contract for that hospital, and uh, I was fitting it out. Now, the funny thing about this hospital um, is that it was the hospital where my son was born, Elijah, where I, the very room where Rachel gave birth to my son, and, uh, and it was just weird because it had, I'd already had Elijah at that point, and... Uh, <clears throat> uh, I didn't have Elijah. Rachel had already had Elijah at that point. <laughs> and, um, and here I am in that room and the whole, the whole ceiling had been stripped out and it was totally different. It looked different. And it was, it was that labor room and it was also where Rachel stayed afterwards, the room that they put her in for, for the intensive care straight after the birth and all of that. And here I am in these rooms and uh, I'm <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you a secret. Just don't tell anyone. I actually really didn't like doing my job except for the money. The checks were awesome. 
checks were great because in Australia for that kind of work you get a lot of money. So I enjoyed that, but I, I, I used to just put myself through it for the money. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, it was a good little business, but you know, that's what I did. And I'm in that hospital and I'm doing this work. And at the time I was reading a book of, on this kind of subject. I was, I was, I was actually uh, reading a lot at that point in training to come here and plant this church. And um, <clears throat> I'm standing there in the labor room and then I'm in, in this, and I, I just had this thought, how many mums are coming through this place? First time mum, second time mum, in the, in, in the most stressful situations of their lives. Like, it doesn't get much more stress, stressful than <laughs> childbirth. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, there's nothing more stressful than that. Don't mean to scare anyone, but it's pretty crazy. But you'll be okay, for those of you who are. You'll be okay, girls. It's all right. Um, but imagine if I just did a really terrible job on that air conditioning installation. You know, things aren't working. I just, like, slap it up, and maybe it's going to fall through the roof. And You know, I just don't care. Imagine how many lives... I would be changing. Imagine how many experiences, and I, I'm like standing there, I'm like, you know, we used to wear these bright orange stuff on, you have to wear these orange clothes, like a prisoner on these sites so people can see you. And uh, I'm in my, you know, my bright orange stuff and I'm looking at everything and I got the work and they're working and all of that. I'm, okay, and I'm just having this like existential moment, like I'm like, flip, man. This is legit. This is real. Actually, God, this is true. When our, when our minds change to worshipping God through what we do, rather than doing what we do as an act of trying to get something, we begin to realize that no matter how menial the task, no matter who, what it, that, that if someone's life is going to be changed because you love them through what you do. It's worship. Now you need that security from God. And when you've got that security from God, you can actually begin. That's why we serve people here at, at, at C3 Mumbai. That's why we set up people to volunteer because I think this is a place where we can begin to do menial things. You know, I, I just... we. We have this lovely lady, I don't know where she is, Roshan, who does a lot of the menial tasks around here. And I'm just, if she didn't do them, it would be a mess for us. But my hat's off to all of us who do menial things in order to keep this church going. Because you know what? You're actually living out your calling. And when, you, when that goes over into your workplace, no matter what you're, what, what, no matter what you're doing, think about the lives that you're actually touching. Think about the lives that you're actually changing when it's about loving people. Now, could you imagine the world if everyone was doing this and how different society would be? I'm going to finish on a little excerpt from this book. You should read it. Go on Amazon. It's called Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. You should read anything Tim Keller. He's great. <coughs> Every Good Endeavor. 
Uh, sorry, the, the 4G is not working, so you can't go on Amazon right now and uh, while I'm talking. Just listen to this. But don't forget, download this book or get this book. No, the 4G is working. That was a lie. Listen to this. Work is the form in which we make ourselves useful to others, in which others make themselves useful to us. We plant with our work. God gives the increase to unify the human race. Look at the chair you're you are lounging in. Could you have made it for yourself? How would you get, say, the wood? Not that these are wood, but these are metal. But just for the sake of the thing, pretend they're wood. Would you go and fell a tree, but only after first making the tools for that and putting together some kind of vehicle to haul the wood and constructing a mill to do the lumber and roads to drive on from place to place? In short, a lifetime or two to make one chair. If we worked not 40, but 100 hours per week, we couldn't make ourselves from scratch even a fraction of all the goods and services that we call our own. Our paycheck turns out to buy us the use of far more than we could possibly make for ourselves in the time it, makes, it takes to earn the check. Work yields far more in return upon our efforts than our particular jobs put in. Imagine if everyone quits working right now. What happens? Civilized life quickly melts away. Food vanishes from the shelves. Gas dries up at the pumps. Streets are no longer patrolled and fires burn themselves out. Communication and transportation services end. Utilities go dead. Those who survive it all are soon huddled around campfires, sleeping in caves, clothed in raw animal hides. Some of you are thinking that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> the difference between a wilderness and a culture is simply work. There may be no better way to love your neighbor, whether you are writing parking tickets, software, or books, than to simply do your work. But only skillful, competent work will do. Isn't that cool? Could you imagine the world if everyone had this attitude of loving their neighbor through work? It would be a different place. and We can, we can actually be that change we can be that difference it can start with us this little group of people here amen c3 mumbai is a church in the heart of india's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship god and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received for more information about c3 mumbai please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.